This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. A tale of two judges. One, Judge Tanya Chutkin, a law and order federal judge in Washington, D.C., presiding over the latest criminal case brought by special counsel Jack Smith for Donald Trump's attempt to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. The other, Judge Eileen Cannon, a nonsensical Trump lackey federal judge in the Southern District of Florida whose corruption appears to be matched by her stupidity. In the past 72 hours, we've seen Judge Chutkin reject Donald Trump's delay tactics, while Judge Eileen Cannon invited Trump and his co-defendants to introduce more delay tactics into her proceedings. Let's talk about what went down. Speaking of law and order judges, a federal judge in the Southern District of New York, Judge Lewis Kaplan granted E. Jean Carroll's motion to dismiss Donald Trump's cross-complaint against E. Jean Carroll for defamation. And Judge Kaplan also struck down many of Donald Trump's affirmative defenses in this scathing, scathing order. Donald Trump has been making posts on social media day after day, almost hour by hour since his arraignment last week, posting threats at witnesses like former Vice President Pence, threats at special counsel Jack Smith, and threats at Judge Chutkin. Enough is enough. Special counsel Jack Smith called Donald Trump out in a recent filing for his posts, and I mean recent, just before we went live, special counsel Jack Smith just responded to a motion that Donald Trump made for a protective order where Donald Trump posted a photo of President Joe Biden drinking a cup of coffee and said that that was somehow taunting Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Mitch McConnell was booed in his home state of Kentucky by MAGA Republicans who have taken over the Republican Party. Imagine devoting your entire life like McConnell did to a party that hates you, despises you, calls you a rhino and is led by Donald Trump. Donald Trump, someone who led a chorus of MAGA Republicans this weekend, mocking the U.S. women's soccer team for losing to Sweden in the World Cup. Yes, the party of gas stove conspiracies, green M&M outrage, bathrooms, 
Hunter Biden's non-consensual nudes, fake whistleblowers who are actually spies of China or Russian oligarchs, believers that the Barbie movie is a communist plot against the United States government. Yes, Mitch McConnell, this is the monster you enabled. This is your legacy. Back to normal world, President Joe Biden is calling out MAGA Republicans who voted against his Infrastructure Act for taking credit now for projects being brought to their states that they voted against. President Biden making it clear who brought these districts, these specific projects. And finally, let's talk about a critical vote in Ohio on Tuesday. It's called Issue 1, where the MAGA Republicans in that state want to require a supermajority for passing constitutional amendments since they realize that a majority of people in the state would vote against radical MAGA policies like that of taking away a woman's right to choose, which is on the ballot in November, which would likely prevail uh, with a majority vote uh, ruling against what the MAGA Republicans want there. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, Brett and Jordy. Good to have you here. MidasTouch.com, the new destination for pro-democracy news. It is off the charts. Want to remind everybody, make sure you go to MidasTouch.com. We have a lot to discuss, brothers. Ben, I think we picked a good weekend to launch MidasTouch.com. I'm just going to say it because keeping up with the news this weekend and this rapid fire back and forth between the prosecutors and Donald Trump and the judge was a full-time job in and of itself, and we were covering it every step of the way. My adrenaline right now is just like pumping from the constant news that is coming in. And as we started this uh, show tonight, we got the Jack Smith response, not skipping a beat. Jack Smith firing back at Donald Trump's truly deranged, insane motion. I think that we should really get into this stuff as quickly as possible today. We got a lot to cover, but of course we got to toss it over to Jordy. Jordy, how you doing today? What's new in your life? Everything going well? I'm doing really great. I'm pumped for tonight's show. Quick tangent right before we get started, Ben. So just one second. So we announced on the show last week, I'm going to be a dad. I'm really excited about that. My wife, she she has these cravings though these days. And let's just say like when we ultimately get the food that she's craving, by the time it comes to us, she doesn't want it anymore. So I just find myself consistently just like shoveling food in my mouth that we bought that she doesn't want. And it's along with me saying, I'm really full to start the show. We just had a lot of Taco Bell, but hey, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make good. We're gonna do a good show. I'm pumped. Okay, a lot of information you're sharing there, there Jay. I'm gonna have I'm to happy make to. up with it. I think for the information that our viewers Actually, well, I think they, I think they care about <laughs> no, it all. They, they, be, they're, they're excited about that. These Taco Bell yeah. habit. We're, clear, we're yeah. clearly excited for yeah. Jordy being a dad. The the Taco Bell cravings and your eating habits. You know, we could save that when the brothers chat. But, <laughs> yeah, you but could, the might is mighty. Blame your blame your wife, Jordy. Big family. Just throw your wife under the bus for your Taco Bell eating. It's well, don't good. phrase it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So look, here's what went down after the arraignment. Donald Trump. Trump made a post. If you go after me, 
I'm coming after you. And then on Friday, special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion for a protective order. Then over the weekend, Donald Trump filed like a 20 plus page motion saying that he needed more time to address the protective order. The court was like, no, file your protective order motion on Monday. That's what went down. And by the way, a no nonsense law and order judge in Washington, D.C., Judge Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee, but someone who really respects the law here. And she was wasting no time with Donald Trump's games. And she goes, no, respond on Monday. We are moving this case along. Also, a court date was set for August 28th, August 28th, where a trial date will be set. So you have Judge Tanya Chutkin moving this case along. And then Donald Trump's team actually filed this protective order motion. And then just moments before we went live, special counsel Jack Smith responded to it. So all of that has happened like over the weekend. And now special counsel Jack Smith responds. But first, let's turn to Donald Trump's motion for a protective order because it is a truly deranged filing. And he includes a photograph of President Joe Biden from a post that Joe Biden makes. I guess Donald Trump, because everything is projection and confession, because Trump is using his social media platform to threaten and intimidate witnesses, Donald Trump perceives a video that Joe Biden posted of himself from his personal account, drinking a cup of Joe with a dark Brandon mug, by the way, something that was originally coined by MAGA to mean F you, Joe Biden, but the actual curse words that Joe Biden turned into a joke. Somehow that is a threatening video. And Donald Trump says that President Joe Biden was mocking him for being indicted by posting that video of himself drinking a, a cup of coffee. And therefore, Donald Trump says that they're, you're not, I'm not making this up, that therefore there needs to be changes to the protective order that special counsel Jack Smith proposed. By the way, just a protective order keeps documents confidential from the public, like things that involve grand jury secrecy. The parties have access to, have access to it, but like witnesses whose lives can be threatened if information is posted by people like Donald Trump, who've testified before the grand jury, that stuff is standard fair to be kept confidential when it comes to criminal cases. And in Donald Trump's proposed protective order, he would basically turn that entire concept on its head. So when you actually delve into, okay, well, what is Donald Trump proposing in his protective order and why? You look through his red lines and basically he wants to go after witnesses publicly. That's basically the edit that is being made here. Um, and so when it, when it talks about the type of material that they want to keep secret, Donald Trump wants to presumptively release identities and names of witnesses unless they're quote unquote confidential sources. But under Donald Trump's approach, Jack Smith would have to give the identity of the confidential source to Trump's lawyers. So then the presumption would be changed on its head where then Trump could gain the access to it first and then post these names. That is unheard of. That is something that Judge Chutkin is not going to agree to. 
And as special counsel Jack Smith pointed out, Jack Smith is using the same protective order that Trump's lawyers agreed to in the Southern District of Florida case. So there is no, so why wouldn't you use the same protective order that you've previously used? Look, Judge Chutkin is not going to grant Trump's proposals. She's going to reject it. But the fact that Donald Trump is making these posts with Joe Biden drinking coffee, I mean, it is a whole nother level, folks of deranged legal filing. So that was the back and forth there. And then I didn't even mention the fact that Donald Trump threatened a witness in the case over the weekend. He threatened former Vice President Pence, which I believe is a direct violation of the terms of Donald Trump's release. You can't threaten, intimidate, or harass any of the witnesses. And clearly Pence is a material fact witness who will say that Donald Trump, and has said in interviews that he will wants Donald Trump, that Donald Trump wanted him to overturn the results of the election. And here's what Donald Trump uh, posted about Pence. He goes, wow, it's finally happened. Little Mike Pence, a man who was about to be ousted as governor Indiana until I came along and made him VP, has gone to the dark side. I never told a newly emboldened, not based on his 2% poll numbers, Pence, to put me above the Constitution or that Mike was, quote, too honest. He's delusional and now he wants to show he's a tough guy. I once read a major magazine article on Mike. It said he was not a very good person. I was surprised, but the article was right, sad. And then Trump goes on to say, I never said anything bad or even slightly inappropriate to little Mike Pence. What I did do was make him, over the many people who wanted it, vice president of the United States. Disloyalty in politics is alive and well, MAGA exclamation points. And by the way, the threat to Pence is not merely hypothetical. Pence was threatened over the weekend in New Hampshire by a group of Trump supporters. Mm. And then Trump reposted a video of people threatening Pence in connection with these posts that we're talking about right here. So folks, this is dangerous, dangerous stuff. And we're just getting in the filing by special counsel Jack Smith to talk about what he is responding to, what he says. And he says that Trump's legal team is trying to try this case in the media rather than the courtroom. And then the reply brief quotes extensively from Trump's lawyer, John Loro's media tour over the weekend. And we'll show you that in just a moment on CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Quote, the defendant's proposed order would lead to the public dissemination of discovery material. Indeed, that is the defendant's stated goal. The defendant seeks to use the discovery material to litigate this case in the media. Brett and Jordy, what do you think? And then we'll go to some of these clips of what went down this weekend with Alina Habba and John Loro. Very, very bizarre. And then we'll get into what Judge Eileen Cannon did. Yeah, well, I remember a few months ago right here on this very show that we made comments to the effect of just you wait because things are about to ramp up. Things are going to get real. And when we are in it, things are going to be crazier than ever. And you will know that we are in that moment. And right now, everybody, we are in that moment. And we know that Donald Trump is not somebody to go down quietly. And he is going to use all of his strategies, which when you think about it, he doesn't have a lot of tools in that tool belt of his. He's got a couple 
moves that he always plays ad nauseum every time. And we're seeing those right now be ramped up. But the difference is now he's being tried in a criminal case, not just a civil case. He does not have Judge Cannon in this case. He has a no-nonsense, honest judge. You know, I, I saw some people saying, uh, you know, last week in some of my comments, like, why did he say she's an Obama-appointed judge? Like, aren't you kind of tainting, like, her, her, her credentials as a judge? But I actually think it's different when you say someone is an Obama-appointed judge or a Biden-appointed judge, because those people are folks who follow the rule of law. They're actually Great people point. who are absolutely competent. And when you look at the Trump-appointed judges, by and large, so many of them were deemed not even qualified by like the Bar Association to be judges and had never even ruled on cases before. So it's really a distinction between competency and people who have never even tried cases in the courtroom, have no right even being near cases. And we saw over the weekend an exclusive report about Judge Cannon, some of her past cases where she did basic things wrong, like forget to swear in witnesses. And she just has no freaking idea what she is doing. And the thing that I am seeing about the prosecutors and the, the thing that truly disturbs me about the motion from Donald Trump uh, that we saw the response to Jack Smith's request for a protective order is we see them using these political terms and it almost feels like a truth social post kind of cleaned up for a court filing. Like even within this filing submitted by Donald Trump's lawyers, they act like this is a prosecution or even a persecution by President Biden against Donald Trump. Not that these charges were bought by a grand jury of regular people and a special counsel. Mm -hmm. They even mentioned in that photograph that they post of the meme of Joe Biden drinking coffee, which is just some BS way of trying to draw a false equivalency between truly a, a random innocuous post and Donald Trump's actual threats. But even in there, they talk about President Biden, they don't, President Biden's prosecution of President Trump. This is not President Biden's prosecution of President Trump. Right. They also reiterate their false legal arguments, which truly have no standing, like characterizing this as a First Amendment case, when that is the very first thing in Jack Smith's indictment. He goes right after that and says, you know what? Donald Trump, you were allowed to lie. You were allowed to whine. You were allowed to say anything you wanted about the election. What you're not allowed to do, though, is then move on to create a conspiracy where you deprive people of their rights, where you try to overthrow the election. Jack Smith, the special counsel, made that incredibly clear. And just the whininess in this so Trump response, the whininess, complaining about the short turnaround time. Oh, you only gave me a few days to file the <laughs> response to the judge. You were on every single TV show. You were on random podcasts I've never heard of in my life. There was not a moment over the weekend where Donald Trump's lawyers were not being broadcast somewhere and they have the and they filed their other thing asking for a delay. All of that time could have just been spent doing the response. But like Jack Smith called them out for, they are not even trying this case like it is a legitimate case that could very well put their client behind bars. They are viewing this through the same lens that Donald Trump is, and they are trying to create a media circus around it. Yeah, like it's like President, yeah, did President Biden tell you, hey, Trump, man, what you really need to do, go steal classified information that doesn't belong to you. And why don't you just show it to some random people and say, ho, 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 doesn't this make me look cool? 
Uh, aren't I better than, than the general Milley? Uh, aren't I better than him? Because that's what you freaking idiot trader did. Biden didn't tell you to do that. Biden didn't tell you, hey, go and try to overthrow our democracy. Come up with a fake elector scheme. Yeah, why don't you threaten local and state election officials that's on audio recording? You think Biden did that to you? No, you did that to yourself, you malignant, narcissistic, sociopathic, criminal trader. That is who you are. That is who the MAGA Republicans are. And y'all are just so freaking whiny. And one of the best things, and I'm so grateful for the Midas Mighty for your great ideas where you've told me, look, take the Trump posts, call them out like you do, but also compare them to what President Joe Biden is doing. Let's talk about the infrastructure projects, reducing the costs of health care and making prescription drugs cheaper and more accessible. How President Biden is talking about jobs and better working conditions. Focus on that comparison. And I agree so much with doing that because you look at Trump's posts and it's like just the whiniest stuff, all in caps. If you had someone, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker who posted like this, who talked like this, you would need to put them in a 5150 involuntary psychiatric hold. And MAGA Republicans are like, let's give this guy the nuclear codes and large media networks are like, well, you got the conservatives and you've got liberals and everyone's crazy. Everyone's crazy. Wrong. There is a big difference between President Biden talking about jobs and health care and equality and infrastructure and Donald Trump posting things like this. Deranged Jack Smith and our highly partisan and very corrupt Department of Injustice could have brought this bidden opponent case years ago, but chose to wait and bring it right in the middle of my election campaign or no way I can get a fair trial or even close to a fair trial in Washington, D.C. There are many reasons for this, just but just one is that I am calling for a federal takeover of this filthy and crime ridden embarrassment to our nation or how about this one that he says about Nancy Pelosi? I purposefully didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband, but now I can because she said something mean about me with glee that was really quite vicious. I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television like millions of others that didn't see that I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean a thing for her to say she's a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She is a sick, demented psycho who will someday live in hell. You know what, Holy Donald shit. Trump? That's what Donald Trump wrote. Oh that is God. so disgraceful, so disqualifying, so despicable. Nancy Pelosi's husband was the victim of attempted murder that we saw on tape. And Donald Trump is saying that she will someday live in hell and you have a political party, the MAGA Republicans, who support this filth. That is precisely what it is. Filth, disgusting. Nowhere should this be amplified in American discourse. And frankly, I started off joking around about it, but as I read that Nancy Pelosi post, it really pisses me off. 
And what really pisses me off is that you have a modern day major political party and Republicans who support this disgusting crap. And then you've got freaking idiots on large media networks who think they're so smarter than thou, who do not cover this, who do not understand the threat, the arrogance of those freaking morons need to be called out as well. And sorry, brothers, I just got, as I read that Pelosi Keep one, and you could see my, but I, inexplicably evil and disgusting. And that is not my United States of America. No way in hell. And speaking of hell, that was not the only post that Donald Trump posted over the weekend and even today that mentioned hell. I think for some reason right now, he seems to have hell on his mind. I, I, I don't know I wonder, what that I is. Why. I don't know. I don't know what Freudian, uh, you know, thing that is with Donald Trump right now, but you could really see that he is even amping it up to another level. Remember, there is no bottom with Donald Trump. He is not going to suddenly be like, okay, I accept my fate. He is going to continue to get worse. He is going to continue to threaten people. And at a certain point, at a certain point, one of these judges, probably Judge Chutkin, is going to have to step up and is going to have to take action against him. And I've seen a lot of people out there speculate and say, you know what? But if they remand him to jail until the trial, it's going to make him a martyr and he's going to raise money. And maybe, sure, fine, maybe, okay, maybe. But I don't care. Like there is right and there is wrong. And we cannot do things based on how much money we think Donald Trump is going to raise through his corrupt schemes. I don't care. He's, He's going to raise money regardless. He's going to raise money with you. He's and everybody go to his might. I agree with you, Jack. Let's go to MidasTouch.com because Karen Friedman Agnifilo, who is a former state prosecutor, the number two in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, she wrote a great piece basically saying in her 30 years as a prosecutor, nobody has been treated more leniently than what she sees with Donald Trump right now. MidasTouch.com- called. Uh, that, that piece is called Donald Trump's Sweetheart Deal, if you want to search it on MidasTouch.com. It's a great piece. And we're going to have a lot of expert contributors also chiming in on the website in addition to all the daily breaking news hits. You could read along with all of the various filings with us, which is so cool. So as Ben has a page up, you could be going through the document right there yourself so you could read the firsthand information because the truth matters, the data matters, Mm -hmm. and MidasTouch.com is going to be a place for all of that. Absolutely. And also want to thank everybody who are becoming members of the Midas Touch Network. We don't have outside investors. So you becoming a member is one of the ways to support this fastest growing media network, pro-democracy media network in the world. When we come back, let's talk about Judge Eileen Cannon's baffling order that she issued today. I want to show some of these clips of Trump's lawyers on the weekend shows. Let's talk about Donald Trump losing uh, in the Southern District of New York, where a federal judge granted E. Jean Carroll's motion to dismiss that and more after this quick break. I'm fired. I'm fired up right now. I'm fired let's, up right now. Let's, let's go. Let's take a quick break. Now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Mosh. As the years progress, it's so important to stay on top of your mental health and fitness. Frankly, life it gets busy. And sometimes you end up sacrificing good foods and snacks for unhealthy ones strictly because they may seem more convenient. 
Now, whether at the gym, on the go, or between meals with the fam, Mosh Protein Bars are the smart snack to keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. With six delicious flavors, each Mosh Bar comes packed with 12 grams of protein and made with ingredients that support brain health, like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh Protein Bars are the guilt-free snack your brain and body will crave. Your brain, it's your number one tool, which is why Mosh Protein Bars were mindfully formulated by some of the world's top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. Founded by Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, Mosh is a mission-driven brain health and wellness company that donates a portion of all proceeds to support women's brain research through the Women's Alzheimer's Movement at Cleveland Clinic. I absolutely love Mosh Protein Bars. They're delicious. They're savory. They're the perfect smart snack to keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. We're constantly doing different videos or podcasts here or just a bunch of different tasks. So I'm able to enjoy Mosh Protein Bars easily and enjoyably throughout the day whenever I need it. Don't settle with a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. So whether you're at the gym, on the go, or just living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your brain and body fit-fueled and feeling good. Head to moshlife.com slash Midas to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack, which includes all six mouth-watering flavors. M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E com slash Midas. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend that you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at that perfect temperature all night long. Now using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at that perfect temperature all night so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than the bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com Midas to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code MIDAS at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash MIDAS and use the code MIDAS to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Midas to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this. Welcome back to the Midas oh. Touch podcast. MidasTouch.com is the new homepage destination for all things Midas Touch. Make it your homepage. That's MidasTouch.com. The legal filings today have been fast and furious. The moment I woke up at around 6 a.m. this morning, West Coast time, I think I may need to move to Europe to try to keep up with all of these things. I think living in California Whoa, I like puts that. me 
a little bit. I may need to change the entire Hawaii. Place where ben, I Hawaii, Hawaii. I think that is that, that that's the, the middle, wrong way. That's yeah, the damn. Wrong way. Damn, that's tough. That's, a tough, that's wrong, a tough look for Jay on the pod. Wrong, 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 wrong way. Maybe, maybe you met Guam. Maybe you met Guam. You met Guam. Jordy, there's, there's a point, Jordy, when you go in that direction, there's a point you, you, there's a point you reach the line in which the time zone slipped to the next day. So I'm just going to give Guam. you the benefit of the doubt and say that you were, that's what you're thinking. Hey, yeah, thanks, brother. That was a rough one. That was a rough one, Jordy. Can't win um, hey, you know, stays, the mic is the pod. It's a live show, folks. Anyway, I might as well touch We right now. We would have pulled that out. Now it's just going to live there forever. Now it just lives My there forever. Are see for, that one. for the history of my of the YouTube uh, and the internet. Anyway, yeah. we have the new Jack Smith filing up now in its entirety on MidasTouch.com for those who want to read it. And Jack Smith, folks, he's not messing around here. He's I'm not messing around. Say that. But let's take a look at you know what Judge Cannon is doing because. You know, one of the reasons I told people don't worry about Judge Eileen Cannon is not not to worry about like not to worry about her like she's someone you should worry about. And I hope I made that clear in the videos. I worry about Judge Eileen Cannon. I don't worry about special counsel Jack Smith and ultimately the moves that he is going to make. And it's obvious what Judge Eileen Cannon is trying to do here is to create all of these hurdles, to kind of create this legal quagmire that's going to cause a massive amount of delay in the case that's before her. We'll talk about an order that she made where Yes, the, what she did in the order is bad, but I think the cascading legal domino effects is going to cause a ton of delay. But the good news is, is her delay will allow special counsel Jack Smith case against Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. to proceed quicker. And I think the court in D.C., um, and Judge Chutkin, who knows what she's doing, is going to be watching what Cannon is doing. And as Cannon ties this thing up, I think special counsel Jack Smith at some point is going to be like, look, I'm going to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. I know that may stay or stop the proceedings before Cannon, but strategically that may make sense. Kick the Cannon case down the road to 2025. Bring in the Chutkin case to that time slot in 2024, try the case in DC first. I think that Judge Cannon too, when I say that her corruption is matched by her stupidity, I think that she is going to allow that to happen as well. You just look at the orders that she's making. This isn't like a monumentally bad order, but it is, it is stupid. It is puzzling to say the least. So here's the order that Cannon issued this morning. It's an order striking sealed filing and ordering briefing. I woke up, I'm like, what in the heck is she even talking about? By the way, we, we did a story on this on MidasTouch.com. So special counsel Jack Smith filed what's called a motion for a Garcia hearing, which just means that the lawyer for Waltine Nauta, Trump's co-defendant, Stanley Woodward, may have unwaivable conflict of interest representing a co-defendant and at least three witnesses, including witnesses who may want to testify against Waltine now to end Donald Trump, and that Stanley Woodward Jr. is getting paid by Trump's PAC. These unwaivable conflicts of interest are addressed in what's called a Garcia hearing, where the potential conflict and the unwaivable nature is explored. So basic thing that special counsel Jack Smith filed for, you would expect the response from any normal judge 
just to be like, okay, I'll set a briefing schedule, right? Even if Judge Cannon is ultimately going to rule against Jack Smith, you'd expect her just to be like, okay, well, let's just set up a briefing schedule. Well, she sets up a briefing schedule, but then she, on her own, use it's a Latin term that courts use called sua sponte, S-U-A space S-P-O-N-T-E. So on her own initiative, she strikes from the record. She grants a motion to strike that hadn't even been filed. One of special counsel Jack Smith's under seal filings where Jack Smith submitted grand jury testimony and information under seal pursuant to grand jury secrecy laws to show the unwaivable conflict of interest. Here you go, judge. I want to show it to you. This is protected by grand jury secrecy. And Judge Cannon was like, well, that's not sufficient basis. You need to what? You need to dance? You need to sing a song? Like, what does she want him to do? It's like per se grand jury secrecy. So special counsel Jack Smith cites grand jury secrecy. That's why I'm filing this testimony under seal. And she's like, that's insufficient. I am striking your pleadings and you filing these documents under seal. Remove it from the records. And then she on her own initiative, using our Latin term sua sponte, says, Here's what I want you to address, Waltine Nauta, represented by Stanley Woodward. Please address among other topics raised in the motion, I want you to address the legal propriety of using an out-of-district grand jury proceeding to continue to investigate and or to seek post-indictment hearings on matters pertinent to the instant indicted matter in this district. And then she invites Donald Trump to respond as well. So remember how she seized jurisdiction unlawfully and was smacked down by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in 2022 that said, you don't have jurisdiction. She's now saying, well, special counsel Jack Smith, you're using at least one other grand jury in Washington, D.C. to still hear evidence against Donald Trump. And what she's actually saying there is, I think that's improper. Why? She wants it all to go before her, not before another D.C. judge. So she's saying, please brief the impropriety or the propriety of that, implying that she thinks that is improper. Why? Because she's like Trump. Me, me, me. I want all of it. I want all of it. Why? So she could make bad rulings. But there, she's now implicating issues of grand jury secrecy, right? By not allowing these things to be filed under seal and then wanting the parties to address proceedings before a grand jury. You see the legal quagmire she's creating? And this is where her corruption meets stupidity because these are documents that need to be filed under seal. And she's ruling that he can't file the documents under seal, citing grand jury secrecy. So ultimately, what I think that's going to create at some point in time is Jack Smith's going to go to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and say, what does she want us to do? These are grand jury stuff. And then if she ultimately makes a ruling saying it's improper to use another grand jury in an out-of-state district, it absolutely isn't improper. Like, has anybody taught her the law? Like, it's clearly proper to do that. And Donald Trump's committed crimes in multiple jurisdictions, you idiot. 
Like, I, I'm just tired of being nice with these dumbos sometimes. Like, it's just idiotic. He's committing crimes in multiple districts. That's why they have multiple grand juries. And ultimately, the indictment came from the Southern District of Florida. And by the way, a lot of these issues, she should be letting the magistrate take care of. These aren't even issues she should be dealing with. But that's what she's creating here. It's a kind of a cluster morass of legal issues mounting on top of each other. And this is a judge, Judge Eileen Cannon, who forgot to swear in a jury in one of her last criminal trials. One of the most basic things. She locked out the family of the criminal defendant when these cases are supposed to be heard in public trials some of the most basic things and you see what she's doing here and and it's not it's not even doing it like in a sophisticated way like she's just cre she's just creating webs of problems frankly for everybody that is then going to be all of these appealable issues yeah and ben this was something that you, you may have just covered as i was uh, editing the website a little bit um but could you elaborate <laughs> <laughs> Could you elaborate a little? I, you were really the only person who I noticed call out the footnote that Eileen Cannon put in this order. Um, if you could elaborate a little bit, if your dogs aren't barking when we come back to you. Um, Ben's well, dogs are fed up. They're my fed dogs up are I, fed I, up. I, if you go I, to I footnote number one. Yeah, if you go to footnote, I get why my dogs are aggravated. I'm aggravated. I get it. Dogs. I get it. I get it, Taquito and Chaquito. I absolutely get it. All right, footnote one. This request for supplemental briefing, sua sponte, right, that she's asking for. So this request for supplemental briefing is not intended to substitute and or to limit any future motion brought pursuant to federal rule of criminal procedure 12b well what is a rule pursuant to federal rule of criminal procedure 12b among other things a motion to dismiss the indictment so what she is hinting at to donald trump here in a way that i think sophisticated lawyers would pick up is she's basically saying aha this grand jury may be a grounds for you to seek dismissal and i'm going to give you another shot at it i'm not limiting your right to file a rule 12b motion file it i'll be waiting for that by the way that would be appealable to the 11th circuit court of appeals but i am very confident right now after seeing what she's doing that this case, and I could be wrong, but I'm confident will never be tried in 2024, period, full stop. I'm calling it here right now, but I don't think that's a bad thing. And again, mm -hmm. this is where her corruption meets kind of the, the stupidity. That could be a good thing. I'd rather have the case in Washington, D.C., which by the way, Trump would be thrown in jail for the rest of his life, be tried first before this document case anyway, if I were to kind of put the cases in a row of which cases I want to go first. So she's actually creating the circumstances to undermine her very transparent agenda in the first, in, in the first place. But again, she's the worst. She's absolutely, she's just the worst. Horrible, horrible. But this is why elections have consequences. Donald Trump appointed her, right? She was a pick by Rubio to Trump. No experience. Should never be near the bench ever. And she's out there. And there are numerous others like her out there in districts throughout this country because of some people saying, well, I guess 
I guess you got uh, Trump and you got Hillary Clinton and the, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> uh, abs- absurd, absurd, absurd. And, and we also have another law and order judge, federal judge Lewis Kaplan, who mm-hmm. granted the motion to dismiss filed by E. Jean Carroll. It was a scathing, scathing order. I did a hot take on it. But when you when you read it, I mean, basically, Judge Kaplan says, seriously, Trump, you filed a defamation case against somebody who you raped? Are you sick? Are you disgusting? A jury found that you're a rapist, Donald Trump. That's what a federal judge put in his order. And that uh, all of the things that have been said by E. Jean Carroll about Donald Trump are substantially true. There's no falsity to what she's said about him. And therefore, you can't sue her for defamation. Remember, she brought an amended complaint because Donald Trump went on that so-called CNN town hall and defamed her even more. So she asked the court to amend her lawsuit to add those new allegations. What that triggers is Donald Trump's ability to file an amended answer, right? So rather than just filing an amended answer, Donald Trump for the first time filed a cross complaint suing E. Jean Carroll for defamation. How despicable can you get, brothers? I mean, he's, but, uh, he's, he's truly like the worst human being on the planet. Like at, at every single level, whatever kind of deviant, disgusting crime, impropriety, anything you want to call it, Donald Trump has done. He's like really just a despicable person. And then we move on. And then we have even more updates in the New York AG's $250 million civil fraud case against Donald Trump and his children. Uh, Ivanka got out of this one, but still got the two other uh, older children in there, Don Jr. and Eric Trump. And if you remember, you know, back in November 2022, you had Letitia James, the New York AG. Um, She had this big victory when Judge Arthur Angeron presiding over the case granted her an emergency junction that uh, ordered retired Judge Barbara Jones be appointed as a financial monitor over the Trump organization after finding a likelihood of ongoing financial fraud by the defendant Trump entities. Remember, folks, when Donald Trump attempted to kind of evade uh, justice here a little bit by going, I have this brilliant idea. They're looking at Trump organization. I'm going to make Trump organization too. That was all like, like, this is the sick mind of this individual. Demented. Absolutely demented. But surprise, surprise, sarcasm alert. Uh, The financial monitor retired Judge Barbara Jones issued a report in a letter to Justice Angoran and stated that the important financial information that the Trump organization is required to turn over to lenders is, quote, incomplete, that the Donald J. Trump Trust has not consistently reported its financial statements, attesting to the accuracy of these statements, and that the trust, quote, inconsistently reported depreciation expense. Now you have this financial monitor identifying the very serious defects, the very same serious defects in the Trump's ongoing financial statements that is at issue here in the New York Attorney General's trial. Definitely 
definitely, definitely, definitely not good news if you are Donald Trump in this civil suit in New York for the independent financial monitor to step in and go, yeah, there's a lot of effed up things happening with these finances. He's, this is not, this is not uh, legitimate over here. And by not- the way, that's the ongoing financial. So since the lawsuit. That's why the financial monitor was appointed because Justice Arthur and Goran found there to be ongoing fraud. So she was looking at the ongoing stuff. She, it's not a look back on the old stuff. And the old wow. stuff, that is subject. The new stuff has problems. Okay. It's like as though he's content. Her job isn't to decide if that's criminal, right? She just flags for the judge hey, I'm missing things. I'm missing things. Now it's up for the New York Attorney General to define or determine if that is criminal or uh, not criminal. But that case is set to go to trial in October of in, in like two months, Jordy. Or I don't, I don't know if you, if you go they, to Hawaii, Jordy, I don't know if that come changes. On, the come on. The incompetence and criminality <laughs> with, with, done with Trump just knows no bounds. It, it, it's truly, truly disgusting, B. That starts... All of these trials, right? You've got October, New York Attorney General. You've got January, a new E. Jean Carroll, and another class action case against Donald Trump. March, you got the Manhattan District Attorney. Currently in May, you've got the Florida willful retention of national defense information case in May of 2024. And then on August 28th, in about 21 days from the recording of this live episode, we're going to have Judge Tanya Chutkin set a trial date in the new case filed in Washington, D.C. And then any moment now, like I think perhaps later this week, end of this week, or even next week, we'll see an indictment out of Fulton County, uh, where the Fulton (laughs) County District Attorney Fawny Willis will be indicting Donald Trump. And of course, we're going to carry that live here. Brett, I want you to pull this clip up, though, right now. Um, And we're going to talk about more of these clips. I've been teasing it, I know. The Trump lawyer's media tour, which special counsel Jack Smith is calling out in his most recent filing. This is, this is one I just want to show right now where Alina, as I always say with MAGA, it is fascism meets idiocracy. It's not that pure fascism, right? Like it is a fas- it is a new strand fascism, idiocracy. And that is so embodied in Alina Haba, you know, and, and like they just do an interview. It's like, first off, you don't have to do an interview if like you're not prepared, right? No one's forcing you to, <laughs> to, to, to do these interviews or if you're going to do them, like you should be prepared. And, and you wonder, it's like, is this the strategy? No, no, they're just very dumb. They're just very dumb. That's the dumb strand of fascism meets the idiocracy, the idiocracy strand. So here, Alina Haba, like while she's giving this interview, like she's almost learning what classified documents mean and that there's a special way to handle classified documents. And and she realizes it in, 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 in real time. But before I play that clip, um, I want to first off tell everyone about MidasTouch.com one more time. I want to thank everybody who supports this network through the memberships. Thank you 
thank you so much. We don't have outside investors, so we do it through our memberships. Everybody who goes to store.midastouch.com to get the best pro-democracy gear. Heck, you, you can now just go to midastouch.com and the link to the store is on there as well. That's midastouch.com. Let's talk about these Trump lawyer disastrous interviews, but let's take our last quick break of the day. This summer, you could spend thousands of dollars on planes, hotels, and tourist traps, or you could spend less money on a beautiful garden that will give you years of pleasure with FastGrowingTrees.com. FastGrowingTrees.com has thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties, expertly curated for your unique climate and needs, from Meyer lemons to evergreens to shade trees and everything in between. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. No green thumb? No problem! Fast-growing-trees plant experts are just a Zoom, chat, or phone call away, always available and eager to help. They can even walk you through your entire garden to help solve problems you're having with plants and trees. Plus, Fast-growing trees plant experts have specialized degrees and training to help troubleshoot from root to leaf. It's like telehealth for your plants. I love fastgrowingtrees.com because I found the Meyer lemon tree I was looking for and their plant experts help me keep it thriving. They can help you too. And with Fast Growing Trees 30 Day Alive and Thrive Guarantee, you know everything will look great, fresh out of the box. Join almost 2 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Midas Touch now to get 15% off your entire order. Again, that's 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Midas Touch. If you have a family like I do, you know how much your loved ones depend on you. In a worst case scenario, you wouldn't want them to worry about money. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest prices. Now with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $25 per month for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed, award-winning agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one of their insurers over another so you can trust their guidance. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. There are no added fees and your personal details are private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserved a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I know a lot of you watching are entrepreneurs. You run your own business and I run a business too. So I know how hard it is to manage your numbers, manage the trends, manage the market and budget everything. But not every business is in the dark because of our sponsor today, NetSuite. 36,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 
25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs, your key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. The power of having all of this information in one place to make better decisions is truly unprecedented. And the offer that NetSuite provides has been a total game changer for my business and I know it will be for yours as well. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Midas. That's netsuite.com slash Midas to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Midas. Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast. We are live. MidasTouch.com is the new homepage for all things Midas Touch, a perfect complement to our YouTube, to our podcast. Check it out That's today. That's the cool thing, Ben, about the site, though, that I like when you when you talk about is that it's all complementary. Like, it's not just a rehash of what we're talking about here or a rehash of what's on the YouTube channel in general. Like, every platform's unique and meant to complement each other and provide new information that I think the audience is going to love. It all connects, and it's probably it's probably why I'm so tired. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're doing a lot, but it's all coming together really well. And I'm genuinely I'm so grateful for everyone out there for supporting us and for well, yeah. No, I mean seriously, a huge shout out to the Midas Mighty for taking yeah. the articles and, and jumping in and sharing them and, and just yeah, we're off to a hot start. Let's keep it going. That's so, so good. We're so grateful. Okay, let's take a look at. Uh, Donald Trump's lawyers' disastrous weekend media appearances. This is Alina Haba ostensibly realizing for the first time while she's live, like what classified documents are. And she's like, well, it's going to take a long time. You know, these are classified documents. You have to view them in what's called a SCIF, a sensitive compartmented information uh, facility. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's the issue that Donald the Trump house. stole them. That's the She's point. So close. So, She's so, so, so close. So That's close. the point of the <laughs> case. Here, play this clip of Haba. Let me ask you this, because typically when you have a case as complicated as the one we're talking about, there is uh, deposition, there is discovery, a whole discovery process where Trump's lawyers will have to get access to the other side's information and vice versa. How long do you expect that process to take? Because Jack Smith says he wants a speedy trial. We are about a year away from an election. Obviously, we're just two weeks away from the first GOP primary debate. Uh, two months away from the Iowa caucuses. Uh, are you going, are you expecting to have a trial before election 2024? I think that that's their goal. I think that realistically, you have to remember that a lot of these cases deal with classified documents and classified records, which mean that all the lawyers now have to apply for special clearance, right? So it's not a normal situation. You can't just take a classified document and review it. You have to have skiffs. You have to have certain procedures put in place. So while I appreciate Jack Smith trying to bleed us all dry and trying to have a speedy trial, perhaps he should have taken a case that didn't involve classified 
documents that he now possesses that we have to now repossess and review for discovery. It's a poorly planned uh, attack, frankly, because that's what it is. It's political lawfare. Um, and he didn't think it through. So I think these are going to take a lot longer. I think that once the judges get a breath for how many years they've had this discovery, look at Fannie, two years. Mm. But she's bringing this case now. Why? Because of election interference. They want to keep him tied up in trials, keep his lawyers tied up so that we're distracted and not focused. It's not going to work. He is a machine and he knows what he's doing in a campaign. You know, he know, he's done this rodeo yeah. before. First off, her name is Fawny. Like they, like they, they never they get always the names right. They always intentionally mispronounce names, you know, on purpose. The documents never belong to you, Alina Hobb. Like when you listen to it, you're like, we have to then repossess it. Who are you? Like, like seriously, who in the world are you? And why do you think you deserve to possess these documents? As you said, they're classified documents that belong in skiffs. Feels kind of like an admission. What'd you say? I said it feels kind of like an admission. No? The whole whole thing is- It's the ultimate, honestly, it's a test case in the ultimate gaslighting. Like, Like this should be put in psychology textbooks going forward about how gaslighting works. There in that clip, she had the freaking nerve to blame Jack Smith for Donald Trump stealing classified information. Oh, now he's making us do all this stuff and he's trying to bleed us dry and he's trying to make us repossess the documents and get back. You stole them. You stole the documents. You were never supposed to have the documents. I'm glad now you could acknowledge that in order to read these documents, they're supposed to be read in special places. Not in the Mar-a-Lago <laughs> toilets. I, I, I ballroom all the areas that we saw in those horrifying photos. I'm glad you're starting to get it now, but the level of gaslighting to blame the prosecutor for your actions of your client is absolutely reprehensible. Couldn't agree more with you right there. I want to show you now John Loro, Trump's other lawyer, saying that this is one of the messages that you saw from Donald Trump's post, unfair venue, Washington, D.C. And so John Loro is pushing that they want to transfer the case to a more diverse venue. And John Loro cites West Virginia as a more diverse venue, which 92% of the population in West Virginia is white. But that's where Loro wants to transfer. Just so everybody knows, the chance of this case being transferred to West Virginia is about 0%. There's cases not getting transferred to West Virginia. You've had numerous January 6th insurrectionists. You've had the terrorist leader, Stuart Rhodes himself of the Oath Keepers, file venue change motions. They've been uniformly rejected in Washington, D.C. There is D.C. Circuit precedent to reject this as well. It ain't happening. But as Special Counsel Jack Smith says, all Donald Trump and his lawyers want to do is just go on TV every day and just spread disinformation. But this is John Lauro talking about a transfer to West Virginia. Play the clip. You still going to pursue a change of venue? Absolutely. We we would like a diverse venue, a diverse jury. Um, Do you have any that, expectation uh, that, that will be granted? The, that reflects the, 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 the characteristics of the American people. Um, it's up to the judge. I think West Virginia would be an excellent venue to try this case. 
how, how, West Virginia. How do you say that with uh, how do you say that with a straight face? We need a, a more diverse jury than Washington D.C. You know, like West Virginia, a pi- place that represents more of the population in the United States. Like, what the heck are you these even? People, these people they say with a straight face because they don't have souls. They've sold their souls for money a long time ago. They don't care about this country. They don't care about doing the right thing. All they care about is figuring out more ways to line their pockets with money. Yeah, and this is why you know this this guy Lauro, this this new attorney. You you know every time Donald Trump gets a new attorney, I try to figure out: Are they going to be one of these corrupt attorneys who comes in and they become just a a reflection of Donald Trump basically to the media, or are they going to take this seriously and be a real attorney and conduct themselves with grace? Because Donald Trump, like every American, no matter how horrific your crimes are, everybody Mm -hmm. has the right to an attorney. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to knock anybody, period, full stop, simply for being Donald Trump's attorney. I'm I'm not going to do that. He has the right to counsel as do every as does everyone who listens to the show, as does the most horrific people on the planet, who so happens to also be Donald Trump. However, once you become Donald Trump, once you start exactly. spouting this endless bullshit, once you become the problem, then I have a problem with you. And now I have a problem with John Loro. He has no he is no better no better than Alina Habba or any of these other corrupt attorneys that we've seen come and go in Trump's camp. Couldn't agree more with you. Look, if you want to make your arguments in a court of law and occasionally you want to hold a press conference and announce a major filing, like I won't hold that against you. But when you go on there and you just say things like, actually, Donald Trump's threats of people like Brad Raffensperger, that was just aspirational asks. That was an aspirational ask, not a threat. And then it's like, all right, well, you're just a propagandist at this point. An aspirational ask, alternative facts, stop the gaslighting. Play John Loro basically saying Trump's demand to overturn the election was aspirational. Play the clip. If he had proof he won the state, why did he threaten the secretary of state with a criminal, uh, with, with with a criminal charge? That wasn't a threat at all. What he was asking for is is for Raffensperger to get to the truth. He believed that there were in excess of of 10,000 votes that were counted illegally. And what he was asking for is the Secretary of State to act appropriately and find uh, these votes that were counted um, illegally. Uh, That was an aspir... Hold on one second. That was an aspirational ask. He's entitled to petition even state government. But that that doesn't involve an obstruction of federal government. But what the Biden administration has said is somehow President Trump obstructed a federal proceeding. That relates to what was going on in the states. And President Trump had every right to ask the Secretary of State, I believe that this election was conducted improperly. There are deficiencies here. I want to see if there are more than 10,000 votes or whatever the number was that were counted illegally. Once again, that's core political speech. Bringing up a criminal violation is somehow speech. I mean, it's the way it sounds like somebody saying that's a mighty fine, uh, it's a mighty fine restaurant you have there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. I mean, that's it's no different than I mean. Oh, it's, it's a big threat have, here have to read, bring up have a you criminal read the First offense. Amendment. <laughs> Yeah, I have read the First Amendment, and you can't threaten people's lives, right? You you don't have a First Amendment right to rob banks. 
Okay. You, you can think about it. There's no such thing as a thought crime, but the moment you come up with a conspiracy to rob a bank, well, you are now a criminal. And then just some of the most basic things. It's like Brad Raffensperger, the Republican secretary of state of Georgia, has to ultimately sign off on the election results to send the Georgia electors to be counted on January 6th. That is part of the federal process of the counting of electoral votes. Like if he's willing to lie and treat people so stupid that he goes, that's not even a federal thing. That's a state thing. What are you talking about? Counting the electoral votes in a state and certifying it. And Donald Trump was threatening a Republican secretary of state to find 11,780 votes, you idiot. You may as well know the amount of votes that are when you're representing someone, 11,780. That is a crime. That is extortion. And when you do that in all these other states, that is a crime. And then, of course, you have Alina Habba being asked about the more than 40 million dollars, 40 million dollars that Trump's PAC spent on legal fees. I want to show you what her response is. And I'm just like, if you listen to it, this is where I said MAGA equals fascism meets idiocracy. And Haba and Laura are really on the idiocracy side of that spectrum right there. Because, I mean, you you look at what she is saying and she goes, well, He's so independently wealthy that, well, it may come a day where he needs to spend his own money. But for now, he's going he's gonna to use, I don't even understand what she's saying. It's non sequitur after non sequitur. Play this clip. Elena, let me get your take on the money being spent here on legal fees. Did you hear what Congressman Byron Donalds just said? He said that he believes the strategy of the Department of Justice is to bleed Trump dry, to bring so much legal issue and problems to Trump uh, that he has to spend all of this money on legal fees. You are the general counsel of his super PAC. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that the political committee has spent more than $40 million this year on legal fees as he and a constellation of advisors have been swept into these various investigations. How much has it been and how are you directing the money in terms of paying for legal fees? Tens and tens of millions of dollars. And I do think that that is part of the strategy. It is incredible. They have brought in people like myself who have nothing to do with these cases. I was not part of the administration just so that lawyers have to get lawyers and these lawyers cost money. And when you take a broad net and you try and intimidate anybody who is part of his circle, whether I couldn't even say inner circle, Maria, it's gone further than that. You know, the valet at Mar-a-Lago, uh, the chefs, the whatever. It's crazy. And it is on purpose. Nothing they do is not intentional. It's calculated. And it is to make him bleed. The problem is that President Trump is independently wealthy as well, and they forget that. And he has said at rallies, I will do whatever it takes. If it means I have to spend my own money, I will. He is very protective and kind and generous. And at the end of the day, they're going to try and take him down financially. And that's just frankly not a good angle. I don't know if they've seen uh, you know, his wealth, but it's probably not the best angle to go at. He's so wealthy that that's why he's using the pack to pay the $40 million. And by the yeah, way, okay. she's like, why would they be going after the valet, the co-defendant? Walt T. Nauta, the valet, is the co-defendant, the individual who was seen on surveillance cameras 
the co-conspirator, the, the, the defendant who moved the classified documents while the DOJ was there and hid them in other rooms, that that valet, the co-defendant who went to the head of IT at Mar-a-Lago and said, hey, the boss wants you to delete the surveillance footage, that valet, maybe that's the reason why the valet is involved in it. Probably not because the valet was parking the cars, okay? Maybe that's the reason. But Brett, as we talk about just MAGA world in general, you know, you see this weekend what's going on with the MAGA Republicans, like just mocking the women's soccer team. You've got Mitch McConnell giving a speech and he's getting booed by all of the MAGA Republicans there. Like it should be very clear who these MAGA Republicans are. Am I right? Yeah. And it's not uh, your grandfather's Republican Party. Heck, it's not even your father's Republican Party or your own Republican Party from a couple of years ago at this point. The Republican Party at this point has morphed 100% into this just fascist cult. And all the people who helped get it there, who now realize, uh-oh, we let this monster go loose, Uto, now they are feeling the wrath of the very cult that they helped to create. We are seeing it with DeSantis, with his face off against Donald Trump, with all these people who used to be like all in on DeSantis now talking about how horrible DeSantis is and mocking him for every little thing. Like these people are always going to turn on you. And now we see in Kentucky somebody who has been uh, on the op- receiving end of Donald Trump's ire now for some time. And that is Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader. Mitch McConnell, who had multiple opportunities, multiple opportunities to take care of Donald Trump. So do I have any sympathy for this man? No, zero. This guy has done so much damage to our country, even before Trump for other reasons. But the fact that every opportunity that he had, and he had real opportunities to make sure that Trump could never run for office again, to actually administer justice to Donald Trump via the Senate in these impeachment trials, to corral the other senators, to tell Trump no. He let Trump slide every step of the way. So does that make Donald Trump the man who constantly speaks about loyalty? You got to be loyal. He's disloyal, disloyal Pence, disloyal this, disloyal that. You think Donald Trump is now just constantly praising Mitch McConnell. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mitch McConnell, for having my back back then. No, no. Donald Trump is on the attack against Mitch McConnell, like on a near daily basis. And he's unleashed the wrath. You have this stochastic kind of terrorism piece of this MAGA movement. He's unleashed the wrath of these people against Mitch McConnell in person. And we're, remember, we're fresh off that health scare that Mitch McConnell had in public. What is it? A week ago, two weeks yeah. ago, Max, I, I forget. And he goes out in Kentucky and he gives this speech. It was Kentucky's annual fancy farm picnic. And he gets just mercilessly booed. And when our researchers dug up this clip and said McConnell got booed at this event, I thought it was going to be like a smattering of booze. No, this was like absolutely vicious. And the whole time they're chanting, retire, retire. Brutal. Here's the clip. Schools and then told you that teachers unions know what's best for your kids. We're up against folks who'd rather let repeat offenders walk free than get tough on crime. 
I'm glad Governor Bashir finally decided to come to Fancy Farm. It's it's so bad that it almost sounds like we added it in after the fact. Like, you know, it, it almost sounds like a sound effect. <laughs> no, that, and that was there. I, that was there. And imagine your whole life's work, right? You've done this your whole life, your whole evil plan, only to be hated by the very people that you help build up. That's your legacy, Mitch McConnell. I mean, what an absolute disgrace. And this Republican Party now is just completely disgraceful. And they take their aim out now on anyone who they view as somehow disloyal to Donald Trump. So one of their big targets has been now for the past almost like few years, the women's soccer team, the U.S. women's soccer team. And when the U.S. women's soccer team lost over the weekend to Sweden, what did they do? Did they offer their, you know, hey, great job. You did great. Thanks for being out there and representing the United States of America. Of course not. They went out there and they gloated at their defeat. They gloated at the U.S. losing. They said, you deserved it. Ha. And then they like invent stuff also. And obviously this is all led by their cult leader, Donald Trump, who was very quick out the gate with his posts where he said the following, the quote, shocking and totally unexpected loss by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to the hour. That's what he said to the hour. Once great nation under crooked Joe Biden, many of our players were openly hostile to America. No other country behaved in such a manner or even close. All caps. Woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell. MAGA, remember I said hell has been on Donald Trump's mind. Here is the second post in under 48 hours of Donald Trump mentioning hell there. And then you have the usual suspects all piling on to say how much they hate America, how much they hate this U.S. women's soccer team and that they're happy that they lost. So you have the people like the social media influencer who Donald Trump posts all the time, Cat Dirt chiming in. The anti-American USA woke women's soccer team has been eliminated. I can't stop laughing. This guy, Benny Johnson, who was like fired from BuzzFeed News due to plagiarism, and now he just uh, basically writes all these just posts for engagement or whatever. Breaking woke U.S. women's soccer humiliation. After winning back-to-back World Cups, the heavily favored Team USA has been eliminated. Team USA's downfall was delivered by anti-America, anti-woman activist. I I mean, it's just, it's one thing after the next. And And then you no, and, and no, I just wanted to add on to that, Brett. Sorry to cut you off, but it's also like this wasn't the only thing that the women's soccer team got attacked about during the, this this run here. You know, there were constant news articles being pushed from the New York Post, from Murdoch's New York Post, or from, you know, these MAGA influencers. The U.S. women's national team remains largely silent during national anthem at World Cup. It's just like... So now they have to sing the anthem. I've never even knew that 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 was you know a topic of they're, they're, they're making false. They're making it's like their version of of, of the culture war. You know, one of the most interesting things about the up. Republican Party. So it's a great it's a great point, Jordy. You know, John McCain and Jeff Flake, both Republicans, the late great. You know, in in many respects, John McCain, other than his selection of Sarah Palin, someone who I disagree with but respected a great deal, they prepared a report. I think it was in 2013 or 2014 called "Paid Patriotism," and their position 
as conservatives was that a large federal government putting on these performative displays of patriotism are a waste of taxpayer dollars. That was a Republican position back then, just so you know. And they authored the report on paid patriotism. I would tell people to go and you could Google the paid patriotism report. Um, but just goes to show you how different the party. And Jordy, to your point, it's like what the, the the rule is now, if you don't sing, and then what's next? You have to sing, but if you don't hit the certain notes, exactly. then you're less patriotic. And, and, and when I say here, look, and this is what we talk about at the Midas Touch Network, look, I, I believe symbols are important. I, I really do. You know, the anthem, the flag, I think it's important, but you can't just be performative about it, right? You got to mean what you say. You don't support, say you support the constitution and support the flag and then use the flag as a spear to try to kill police officers during the January 6th insurrection, okay? You know, you can't have performative patriotism. Patriotism means doing what you got to do each and every day to truly support the United States Constitution. That is what is most important for me. And just doing the things that matter, like just focusing on jobs and infrastructure and doing the hard work and rolling up your sleeves. And one of the things that also, as you talk about these performative MAGA Republicans and fascism meets idiocracy and all of the gaslighting, they vote against things, right? And then they don't even have the courage to say they voted against the things. It's like, look, if you vote against the Infrastructure Act and you are a principled person, then when you go back on August break and you speak to your constituents, justify it. Tell them why you think that was a great thing. By the way, I would vehemently disagree with people who did that, but at least I would say, okay, well, you're at least standing by what you did. But they're so cowardly that they don't do that. So they go back and then they take credit for the infrastructure projects in the infrastructure law that they voted against, that they said was going to destroy the economy, that they called communist, that they called Marxist, their favorite words that they like to throw around. Own it. If you voted against it, own it. It's like when Donald Trump made the threats this weekend. Okay, if you made the threats on your social media platform, then own your threats. Say, yeah, I'm a big, bad, tough guy, and I threaten prosecutors. That's <laughs> what I own it. But what do they do right after they gaslight and go, oh, Donald Trump was actually talking about the rhinos, like the Koch brothers. That's who he was threatening. It's always that crap over and over again. Just stand by what you say, but they don't do that. And with the infrastructure projects, they go back, these MAGA Republicans, and they go, look what we did. Look what I brought you. No, you voted against it. And President Biden is starting to put up road signs. The government is near the infrastructure projects that are funded by his landmark $2.1 trillion infrastructure law. As Republicans who voted against the bill try to take credit and the signs, which simply say project funded by President Joe Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, as part of a public awareness campaign designed to celebrate the landmark achievement that provides urgent improvements to America's crumbling infrastructure. And again, this is where if MAGA Republicans want to have an honest debate, but you can't have an honest debate with them, they're not honest brokers, you can't have an honest conversation with them. But if, if they wanted to have an honest debate, go back in August 
and say that you voted against it and that the new bridge, the new road, the new fire station, the Wi-Fi, the groundwater contamination, you know, facilities that, 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 that work to stop the contamination, you know, that all of these things that are helping the communities justify it. Say you voted against it because you think that your constituents shouldn't have that. Just do it. And, and then I'll argue why I think your vote was a bad vote. But that's not what they do. And therefore, you can't have sensible debate and discussion with them. And that's why, you know, when some of our haters are out there are like, well, you need to put more MAGAs on the show. Put them on. I do. What I do is I show you what they actually said, that what, what their words are. And then I show you what my words are. You don't get the mulligan, mulligan, mulligan after a mulligan that they like to take and say, well, uh, well, I, actually, I supported it, that, that mine, mine, you know, Obamacare, when they try to act like, like they're somehow responsible for that while, while they file cases to undermine it. Okay, that is complete cowardice. And while they try to do things each and every day, like what we see that they're doing in Ohio now with issue one. It is disturbing. It is anti-democratic, and it is something that we all need to talk about. Brett, tell, talk to us about this big Ohio issue one vote that's coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, I know there are a lot of questions about issue one, and and but when you think about what it is, when you actually read about what it is, it is actually quite simple. Basically, currently, the way to enshrine an amendment into the Ohio State Constitution, shout out, Jordy, to the Ohio State, your alma mater over there, but the Ohio State Constitution, currently, it's a simple majority. Currently, it is a 50% plus one, as long as you get that, then you could get something amended. You could get something into the Ohio State Constitution. What Republicans want to do is they are now looking down the barrel of this November. They are seeing that abortion rights are going to be on the ballot to enshrine them, to enshrine them into the Constitution. For all this talk for the past years, and years and years. States rights. Let's states leave it to the states. It's states' rights. Let's let the people. Let's let the people decide, Jordy. Let the people decide that they should have the power. This shouldn't be a federal issue. Well, you'll be shocked to realize that once the people actually decide these issues, they are not so much for what the Republicans want to do, and they actually like protecting their rights. And so what are Republicans trying to do now? They are essentially, with issue one, trying to move the goalposts. So instead of that simple majority, they are trying to create a supermajority. You need 60% plus of the vote in order to pass these laws because they are trying to prevent this law, this 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 law being enshrined into the Constitution, protecting a woman's right to choose. They are trying to stop that rather than let the people decide. They are trying to step in and say, no, democracy is not cool here. We want to decide. We want to rule by minority rule. That is exactly what's happening. And we're seeing this sort of thing happen across the country now. It's been pretty much, if not on every single in every single occasion been voted down by the people in these states because as we said people don't like giving up their freedoms okay no matter how many republicans want to strip people of their freedoms but this is an incredibly important vote 
for the state of Ohio and well for the country. But if you're in Ohio or know anybody in Ohio, I'm going to tell you right now to urge them to vote no on issue one. It's so important. We need to protect democracy. We need to protect the people's voice here. And Republicans are simply scared of the people's voice. Mm -hmm. And frankly, they should be because they awoke a sleeping giant when they removed Roe. And now they are facing the consequences of those actions. And so very important. We'll be doing live coverage of Ohio issue one tomorrow on MidasTouch.com, given the breakdown as we get results in for this vote. It's incredibly important. So I wanted to make sure that on this podcast right now, as many people will be listening to this on Tuesday, that you take these last few moments and you spread the word far and wide. On another note, I want to get back to the Trump case for just a second because we're also just learning that Judge Chutkin had ordered a hearing on the DOJ's motion for the protective order. Like we said, this is moving quicker than I think anything I've ever seen in the legal system, period, full stop. Ben could speak to it more as the attorney here, but Judge Chutkin saying, accordingly, it is hereby ordered that no later than 3 p.m. on August 8th, 2023, the parties shall meet and confer and file a joint notice of two dates and times on or before August 11th, 2023, when both parties are available for a hearing on this issue regarding the protective order. So things are moving quickly, folks. You know, and my, my, my view about it, and again, we're just getting the order in, is that this should be a routine protective order issue, right? I mean, Trump's agreed to this same protective order in the Southern District of Florida. I think she knows he's playing games. It's not like she's moving, you know, some complex motion up super quick. Like, I think it's the appropriate judicial temperament here, given the type of motion that we are dealing with. She gets the games. Like, let's move this case along because remember, she has a hearing set for August 28th to set a trial date. Jack Smith wants to turn over the discovery. This is holding up the discovery process. Special counsel Jack Smith's like, I want to turn this over. We got Donald Trump posting all of these threats. What I like about this minute order is I think she's going to question the judge on these threats. I think she's going to go, and I hope she does, and says to the lawyer's counsel, do you think it is appropriate for your client to be making posts like this? Do you see why this is serious? And and let those lawyers, you know, let the keyboard warriors or the right-wing propaganda media warriors, when they step into a court, they often take a noticeably very different tone. So I look forward to this hearing, which is going to take place on or before August 11th, uh, 2023. It's exactly how you should be handling things. And so a lot we've covered, a lot of breaking news just happening at the end of this show. But ultimately, you go through the themes of this show. What we're talking about is transparency. We're talking about real law and order. We're talking about compassion and empathy and intelligence and just doing our best to try to contribute to this democracy. Everybody check out MidasTouch.com, the new number one pro-democracy site in the world. 
up to date with so many incredible stories. Jordy Brett, as I've discussed it before, view MidasTouch.com as the complement to everything we do here mm-hmm. on YouTube and our podcast, where we're going to actually post the documents, post additional coverage, post things that you don't always see on our YouTube and, you know, real independent research that you're not getting anywhere else. I didn't want it to just be like a site that's derivative and looks like everything else. We don't both sides things there. We're unapologetically pro-democracy, but I think the reporting on MidasTouch.com really reflects a new way that I think pro-democracy journalism will have to be framed to keep up with all of the disinformation and the fascist threats that are out there. I want to thank everyone who's become a member, everyone who's bought memberships for other people. We don't have outside investors, so by becoming a member, it's one of the ways to support the growth of this pro-democracy community that you are all a part of. Also, when you go to MidasTouch.com, on that site, we also have the store for Midas Ooh. Touch, which you can go to by going to store.midastouch.com. 100% union made, 100% made in the USA merch there. But you can also access it simply through midastouch.com as well. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks to your support. I think we will hit that in the month of August. So thank you oh, very we're much. It. We're hitting it. We got the Midas Mighty on Then we're off to 2 million. Then we're off to 2 million by 2024. And and I just want to leave you with this. You know, I got got fired up in the beginning uh, of the show. Um, Rightfully so. Rightfully so. But I also do want to say this. We are so grateful, me, my two brothers, all of the contributors here, everybody who works at the Midas Touch Network for everything that all of you do who are part of this pro-democracy community. You, and I mean this truly, are the real heroes here because I know the hard work that you do every single day. It is an honor that Jordy, Brett, and I can be helpful messengers and that we could all spend this time together on our shows, the podcast, through our YouTube hot takes, but all the work that you do to register voters, to get out the word, to share these videos, to tell people about our network, all of that work that you do is so invaluable to our democracy. And each and every morning when I wake up, I wake up so grateful to be a part of this movement, an organic movement that you all created. I have fun. I'm supporting our democracy with you. And I am just so grateful for each and every one of you each and every day. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want you to know, I'll never forget all of the contributions that you make. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, a place where you could become an honorary producer of the show, patreon.com slash Midas Touch, which you can also access through MidasTouch.com. Again, thank you so much. I'm going to be doing a lot of hot takes now, um, a lot of breaking news, keeping me very, very busy, but there's nowhere else I'd rather spend my time with than all of you the Midas Mighty. See you next time on the Midas Touch Podcast. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! The Midas Mighty's
At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.